You're listening to 360U, where the auto industry comes to stay ahead of the curve with the latest innovations, technology, and insights to help your dealership flourish. And here's your host, author and 360 Auto founder, Frankie Russo. All right. Welcome to the 360U podcast. We're excited to have a very special guest on today, uh, Mr. Aaron Bickhart. Uh, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, uh, welcome. Uh, this is a podcast dedicated to the automotive industry and specifically the innovation and technology um, that is ever uh, occurring and thriving out of that. So we're excited to have the thought leader, Aaron Bickert, with us today. Welcome, Aaron. Yeah, thank you, Frankie, for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to see you, and uh, you always mean a lot to me, and you're a massive innovator, and this is a privilege to be here. Awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, so, you know, one of the things we always like to do when we have guests on is is learn a little bit about, you know, kind of what it is that uh, they feel like or some of the biggest issues out there. But, um, you know, I've always seen you as somebody who's innovating in a lot of ways from the payment industry, the finance industry, fintech, um, and how that translates to ad tech. Um, and we've had a lot of great conversations about that. Uh, but I kind of wanted to just jump in today with, uh, with a question that I think is going to be uh, really great for you. And that is, you know, what are the biggest issues that you feel like dealers are uh, need to solve for today's new um, post-COVID world? Yeah, yeah, great question, Frank. I mean, first of all, there's lots of issues that dealers need to solve for today. But the number one issue that they need to solve for is 100% transparency, frictionless, um, transactional, um, all the way down to the lease and finance payment. So one of the things that I've seen since COVID started, you know, about a year ago, uh, you know, believe it or not, we're coming up on a year, uh, is the innovation yeah, of companies crazy. like 360 IA and OfferLogics. And uh, these dealers have actually um, adopted it and uh, taken it to heart. And uh, now they're becoming more transparent, more frictionless, and they want to make sure that uh, they provide the consumer as much information as possible up front. Uh, so they have the best customer experience at the end of the day. Okay, great. Yeah. And so, you know, what do you feel like are some of the processes that have changed since COVID-19 some of the positives you've seen specifically from, you know, the dealership, uh, the people on the ground, what are some things you've seen that um, have been positive? Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, the positive is there's lots of them. Uh, the first thing is, um, you know, now they're giving the pricing up front. Uh, before in the old days, you know, two, three years ago, you know, the majority of the dealers, not all the dealers, but majority of the dealers like, sorry, we can't give you a trade in a value. Come on in. Uh, you know, we can't give you a lease payment. We can't give you a finance payment. We can't tell you what invoice is. We can't tell you anything. When can you get here? You know, that has all changed uh, for the majority of the dealers. I'm going to say 80 percent of the dealers have now gone the opposite direction. And now they're making the customer experience 100 percent frictionless. Uh, and uh, they're giving all this information online. Uh, as well as through email and over the phone. Uh, and, and, it's, it's, and it's a great thing to see uh, because as you know, uh, through Amazon and shop.com and Walmart, uh, those are all completely transparent and frictionless white web, uh, websites and transactional websites. And now the dealers are actually in, our, in the auto industries following suit too as well. Yeah, no, and I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. You know, when it comes to the actual uh, boots on the ground, you're thinking about these sales teams have done things the same way for a long time. What do you feel like are the things that still need to change as it relates to making what's happening uh, digitally um, be consistent with, ha with what's happening in person? Well, first of all, process. Uh, I think uh, it needs to be bought in at the dealership level. 
Um, you know, it's all about people and process at the end of the day, and then technology last. But you know, the big thing is products are 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 supposed to help uh, the people in the process. But the reality is, we need to make sure that we train and educate our managers, uh, and then make sure that there's a process in place, a written process that they follow, and they and they believe in it. Um, and uh, and that's that's really the big thing. I think people in process. Okay, yeah. So with that that and I like that thought process. I think a lot of times people try to get lost. Uh, in the technology and innovation, like that's going to save the world. And the truth is, is that the people and processes really are the most important part of this. And you, and, and, and no innovation really happens without that. Yeah. In your opinion, where do you see, you know, as far as people and processes, I think about the F&I department, where do you see that in five years? Well, you know, it all depends on, uh, you know, what happens legally throughout every different state, of course, number one. Uh, number two is uh, NADA needs to get behind it so we can push through a couple things because there's a lot of uh, like things that need still need wet ink, uh, like an odometer statement and different things there too as well. But I actually think see it uh, all going on electronic. Uh, everything will be um, be able to be bought online uh, 100%. Uh, I don't see uh, where consumers uh, actually need to pull out a uh, ink pen or 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 whatever and sign uh, anything manually anymore. I think it's all gonna become uh, electronic signatures and it's gonna be 100% um, frictionless uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, so you feel like a big thing that's keeping that right now from being truly all the way frictionless is some of the state legislations and then NADA's role in helping move that down the road. Is that where you bring uh, NADA up? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I think NADA needs to get involved. Uh, you know, I think they're, I think they're going, to, going to battle now. Uh, the state legislators uh, need to understand that uh, consumers are demanding uh, that they don't have to sign paperwork. They can get delivery 100% at home. I mean, if you think about it, uh, Carvana and Vroom are doing it today, uh, but they still have to send uh, you know some paperwork with them. Um, I can tell you a story behind Carvana. Uh, a neighbor of mine bought a car from Carvana. They, they tested it out and uh, they wanted to see what was happening. And the funny thing is he's in the auto industry and owns a franchise car dealer. He wanted to go through the whole process to see what it was like. He could afford the process of buying that car and then reselling it. Uh, and they still had to give him the odometer statement to sign. So it wasn't 100% frictionless, uh, but it was transparent and he loved the process and he's changing his dealerships uh, to become that way too as well. That's great. You know, do you think that the industry, the automotive industry and specifically, you know, at the dealership level is ready for a single point of contact? Well, you know, I, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, you know, a good friend of mine started a in, in Avondale, um, um, Arizona, uh, a Toyota dealership, and uh, he was a single point of contact. But the reality is, um, you know, what happens is the grosses are not as high because most of those single point of contacts are single point, single, um, single price dealerships, as well as it's hard to sell the aftermarket products. Um, but do I think it's going that way? Yes, I do think it's going that way. But again, um, you know, dealers need to be very careful, you know, in the F&I department, you know, because you don't want, you know, someone like me or you or anybody else saying something wrong, uh, you know, trying to upsell on extended warranty, different things. A lot of things happen. Interest rates are there, money factors. We got to make sure we keep everything 100 uh, percent um, transparent. Yeah. So clearly, you know, one of my questions, I think you've already answered, which was that, you know, everyone that I know that's used Vroom and Carvana you know, they've never gone back. They'll, they say they'll never go back to a dealership. Um, do you think new car dealerships can get there the same way they have? 
Well, I don't think that's actually true. I think people who go to Vroom and Carvana will go back to a dealership. First of all, they, they're selling used cars. I mean, some people want new cars. Um, yeah. But I actually think there's some big plays out there. I'm talking to an organization right now uh, who's a very good friend of mine who's the president of that organization, um, who's actually going to be taking the same concept of Vroom and Carvana. They have not gone to market yet uh, in the United States, um, but they are about to go to market in the United States and supply new car um um, sales as well and follow the complete PMA and AOR um, compliance rules too. So I think uh, it's going to come, um, but I don't think uh, customers all want to go to the portal of room as well as, uh, as Carvana. I think it's going to be a mixture of everybody. Okay. I like that. Um, all right. Let's get to know you a little bit. Um, you know, let's say you have a dream house and you got three cars in the garage. Uh, what are they for you? Well, well, first of all, I've always wanted a uh, 360 Spider black on black convertible. Uh, so if you want to buy me one, uh, you know, that would, I, I would definitely take it as a present. I'll definitely pay the taxes. Whatever you're I saying I should buy it because it's a 360? Yeah, yeah. Put that together? <laughs> that is exactly right. Okay. You know, I actually did put two or two together. Uh, that that actually is funny that I said that, but I actually didn't think about that. It's almost like it's already done. Yeah, yeah. So if you buy it for me, I, I'm a taker. That's number one. Right. I'll pay the insurance. But number two car, believe it or not, uh, it's not a car. It's a truck. I definitely like a, uh, a nice big Ford Raptor lifted truck uh, with all the bells and toys and everything sitting there. Uh, so, uh, so I got and my, what would you do with that? Would you just drive it around or is it like, would you take it out into like the wild or something? No, no, just, well, no, that car can't, that truck can't get dirty. It can't that's actually a, get in the wild. That's a showpiece. That's a showpiece. <laughs> They're both showpieces. And then of course, uh, you know, if I had that dream house, of course, if I had that dream house, I would, um, have to get a, you know, a lower end car. Uh, so, you know, I'm thinking maybe, uh, you know, I get myself a little Subaru Toyota Corolla or something so I can drive to the market. So people don't know I have any money. Uh, or, you know, or go, okay. So I would definitely have a third car, a third wheels, you know, third, four wheels that I can go somewhere. Interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that one. That's interesting. Yeah. I just gone for three super awesome cars. I like that, man. Well, I appreciate your honesty. Um, so look, uh, you know, we have a little bit of time left. Let's talk about technology for a minute. Do you think that, uh, the constant expectation in the automotive industry to innovate and introduce new tech could hinder the dealer honing in? on some of these really good store processes? Uh, well, yeah, you know, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, I think, I don't think dealers should get all hung up in the technology. I think the technology needs to help their process. But um, I, I think um, at the end of the day, you know, dealers today, um, new car franchise, as well as used car um, uh, retailers, independents, it's hard to find employees uh, to understand all the technology and everything. So mm -hmm. the technology needs to become more automated, number one. Um, so that way the employees who are not technically techni technology um, efficient or challenged um, needs to make sure that they um, are able to use it. But the reality is, here's the reality. It needs to be completely automated in today's marketplace. Uh, and if you depend on a, a dealership using it, um, to what you think they're going to use it at, that's not going to happen. Um, but uh, reality is it's about the people in the process and then technology last. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, by the, with some of these learning curves that are expected from these innovations, by the time they get there, there's a new tech out, you know, and I think that's where, I think we're going through an interesting time. And I think COVID has made it almost worse because now there's like this new 
exaltation, if you will, or um, putting technology on a pedestal to an extent. Um, and it's almost like dealers are kind of having a hangover and it's like they they're there's they, it feels like sometimes they're like well i don't i'm i'm good i've already got that um the innovation's almost like circling back on itself um i find that you know from from where we stand you know we, we created the cxm and it's was designed to solve a lot of problems in in one piece of tech and i'm not even trying to promote that here but what is interesting is that technically uh at first glance, I, what I find is that dealers mm -hmm. just say, oh, well, I've got all that. Yeah. And and technically, they're not lying, you know, but it's interesting how, like, it's not automated, like you said. Yeah. Some people use it, some people don't. And it and it not being interconnected, you know, how important is that? I, I, you know, yeah. I'm interested to know because I, I, I go, I, some days I feel like, are we overthinking this by trying to make it all one to, and make it work together? You, you know, I was just having this conversation, but let me re, let me rewind on that, Frank. Yeah. You just said to me. So there's a great singer that I love, Megan Trainer, right? Yeah. And everyone's coming to the market with the famous song that she has called Me Too, right? Me Too. I have that. I have that. And everyone thinks that you have it. But reality is um, the products that you're inventing or innovating or coming out to market, the car dealers today are a lot smarter than they were 20 years ago. So yes. they need, they need technology that you're innovating today. Not only what they need is they not only need, they should have it in their in their dealerships today. The problem is it comes back down to they don't understand exactly what they have, uh, and they need to understand what they have and how it can enhance their their sales process, and ultimately increase their return on investment or cost per sale for every new unit that's out there. Because consumers today are coming from all different directions, and yeah. what. What 360 has done with the CXM model and, and, and your innovation is amazing. And they need to make sure that they understand that it, it provides an integrated approach throughout all their mediums of advertising, all the way down to the sales floor, which no one really offers in the marketplace today. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And um, it's something that we I've been passionate about for a long time. Uh, but it's hard because it is you, you bump into that that uh, that kind of like, well, I've already got this. Thanks for sharing kind of deal. You know, last question I wanted to ask you, um, because I, I really do want to know, you know, what do you imagine would be the next big disruption uh, or disruptor from an innovation standpoint for the automotive industry with everything kind of going on and all the different pieces? Uh, 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 if you're talking marketing, you're talking uh, automotive. No, just technology. I mean, it could be, you know. Well, autonomous, autonomous vehicles for sure. Okay. Uh, autonomous, autonomous is definitely here. Uh, don't know when it's coming, but uh, you know. But think about electric vehicles today. I mean, Jaguar just announced 2025. Ford just announced their plan. You know, General Motors just announced their plan. I mean, General Motors just changed their whole logo to become the whole electronic uh, the phase and everything across oh, the board. There you go. Uh, yeah, so, so, but reality is, I think electronic is going to be kind of short term. Uh, electric vehicles, not electric. Gonna electric. Be a, so you think that electric electronic vehicles or electric vehicles is going to be a segue into the fact that we need them to be electric to be autonomous? Correct. Okay. I think, I think it's going to be, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, I'm going to say, remember beta VHS and eight millimeter, right? It's going to be kind of a next phase. And then it's going to be kind of like block going like blockbuster. You go to the store to get the video. Then Netflix started sending you the CD. Yeah. And now it's all online. 
So it's yeah, going to be, it's going to be, gonna be like the DVD or the CD. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Yeah. In, in that, like it's where, where do I even put a CD today? I, I can't, right. there's more even to put it. I don't I want to, but there's like, I don't even have a CD ROM in the computer. You know, when's the last time you bought a DVD? Well, it's funny you mentioned that uh, this week because I still am driving a, the latest Toyota Land Cruiser. And guess what? It's DVD player. So I literally only buy DVD players for these, the cars Okay. at this point. Yeah. So it's yeah. funny you mentioned that. But other yeah, but, than that, I mean. Yeah, but see, my car is completely different. My car hooks into the Wi-Fi and I have right. Netflix right in my, in my video screen. So you, you must drive a domestic car. Yeah, no, I, no, I drive, I drive an import, but the, okay. but the, but the, but the, at the end of the day, uh, my wife drives a, uh, no, we both, we both have imports, uh, yeah, yeah, but, okay, the, uh, good. but not but, is it Toyota or no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, Toyota. See, I no. always thought Toyota was like the leading edge and, and I mean, no disrespect to Toyota, but I was surprised. I was impressed at how much more features and functionality I got out of the vehicles I bought from general motors. I did not expect that. My wife just loves the Land Cruiser. And uh, I was surprised at that. It's still, yeah. we're still DVDing it over there. Yeah, but if you look at Kia and Hyundai, I mean, it's a massive, uh, they get massive uh, information within their cars, lots of stuff in their cars. Yeah, well, but now that they've got cars, the Netflix. And 5G. See, and that's the other thing. We autonomous couldn't have happened without 5G as well. They all, it all kind of is, is working in the same vein. Now, what about flying cars? What about no, autonomous flying? Yeah, hand, hand to hand or what? No, I think the Jetsons are a little bit far off. I don't think I'll be alive when the Jetsons come here to the U.S. And I'm really hoping they 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 get the uh, technology strong enough to do kind of that like drone you can sit in. Yeah. The problem with these autonomous cars, you know, coming from the technology world, you know, so so for 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 us, if we kind of celebrate when you find a bug, especially if you find it before a user, right? So we're doing shots on that thing. Mm -hmm. What does it look like if you're the technology company and there's a bug in the autonomous car or the autonomous flying car? It's like, I just, we're not ready for the bug process yeah. uh, to get worked out. It, it, I think that, and I'm sure that's why we still don't have those cars. Cause I no, think they're, they're, they're in, uh, they're in, uh, what do they call it? The pilot stage or whatever they call it. They're, they're out there. Uh, yeah. And, and, and the other thing out of some of that is terrifying. Yeah, and the and the other big thing is the trucking industry is all going to go autonomous too. I mean, that's going to be interesting. I have seen some really cool things. Is it Nicola? Is is that how they pronounce oh, that? Yeah, yeah Nicola. Yeah. Man, that's impressive what they're trying to do with eighteen wheelers. I got to got to give it to them. Yeah, I've been watching their stock. It hasn't done well lately, but I've been watching the stock. Yeah, well, it's yeah. they're they're very early on what they're doing, but I think that it could be an exciting thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, look, we're out of time, but I really appreciate you coming on today. It's uh, it's been quite a pleasure. I, I hope that the uh, listeners have gotten a lot out of uh, you know, what it is that we're talking about here today, and I know I've got a lot out of it. So, thanks again, Aaron, for being on the show, and uh, looking forward to getting to learn more about what you're doing in the near future. Well, thank Frankie for having me, and uh, we look forward to uh, maybe doing it again one day. Awesome. Well, look, we'll uh, talk to you soon, and uh, for those of you out there tuning in, uh, we look forward to having you again on one of the 360U podcasts uh, coming out here in the next couple of weeks. So thank you.